0: All right, welcome everybody to Mo, Moadon Ivri Club Hebrew. We are getting to start a new section now. We're going to start the book of Habakkuk. So, uh, if you've never had a chance to look through the book, it's a fascinating book. It uh, has a lot of interesting things theologically in it, but also syntactically, linguistically, um, and the structure of the thing is uh, unusual as well. Um, it is in, it's because of the way Habakkuk speaks in the first part, especially that uh, the early church said that Habakkuk came closest to blasphemy of any of the other prophets because of his boldness. So that's saying something, you know, given how a lot of people speak to Yahweh throughout the Bible. Um, so you'll, you'll see that kind of right off the bat, why they make that uh, contention for Habakkuk. Um, you'll also see kind of a couple of interesting things that happen. Uh well, you'll see what he does not what he does what happens with the Hebrew verb let's say and uh, some decisions that you have to make and we'll find it, see that right off the bat as well. All right. Um, one of the issues too is who's speaking in any part of the uh, book um, because as you know most of the prophetic books don't announce when they're changing speakers <coughs> and Origen said that that's one of the toughest things about the prophets and about reading the Bible. You've got to determine who is speaking. And it's not always easy to do. Here it's a little easier, but you'll notice that the switch, switches come without warning. And, of course, that is an issue in the, in the Psalms as well. Um, I think we saw that even in the few Psalms that we did. You know, who's exactly speaking at any time is not always easy to determine. All right? So let's look at... The first verse, remember, Habakkuk is a 7th century prophet. So, um, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah kind of form a group. Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah. Um, so that, uh, remember, Babylon and, and their threat is what is most in the background of what they're talking about. All right? So this is before the exile and Habakkuk, you know, probably uh, not long before the exile started or the uh, yeah, Babylon kind of took control of that area with an iron grip and the die was cast so to speak so we go to verse 1 Hamasa share Habakkuk Hanavi the Masa sometimes translated as burden but here probably better the oracle or the revelation which Habakkuk saw which he saw so Habakkuk Hanavi the prophet saw This is all the kind of biographical information you get. Some prophets notice have a lot more background as to who they are or when they prophesied. Here you don't. You just get this very simple introduction. Notice the prophetic experience is um, captured with that one word or characterized Chazah. Does that mean he saw something visually? Was it both hearing and seeing? Uh, what was the nature of it, we don't know. Remember, a lot of the visions are called Chazon as well, the vision which the prophet Chazah saw, alright? But here it's called a Masah. Alright, verse 2. Adana Yahweh Shivati Velo Ezak Velo Alright. Adana. How long, O Lord? Shivati. Here's a pl perfect, First common singular from shava, to cry out. Alright? Now, <clears throat> you can tr- notice the ada now, you can take it two ways. A lot of, very similar to what we do in English. It can be a question. Alright? Oh Lord, and, and, and translations do this. Uh, NIV, for example, translates that Shivati as Shall I cry? So if, if it's a question, how long, O Lord, shall I cry out? All right. It can also be interpreted not so much as a question, but this kind of expression of anxiety. O Lord, how long I have cried out? See the difference? And uh, you, know, you can kind of take it either way, as this question, how long will I cry? See, velotishma, and you do not hear. Or, how long I have cried, and you don't hear. Alright? Um, you're going to have this issue as exactly what the force of the words are uh, in numerous parts throughout the, the prophet, which is what, one of the things that makes it interesting. Alright? But notice kind of already the quotes accusatory language coming out. Especially if you take it, how long I have cried, but you do not hear. Azak. Notice he switches now from a perfect shivati to an imperfect azak, uh, just a call imperfect from zaak. I cry to you, Kamas. I cry to you, violence, the Lotoshia. But you do not save, kifil from yasha. All right. Lama. Now, oh, sorry. Any questions on the first two verses? Yeah, Jim. Yeah, Thomas, is that, is that like, I cry to you violently? most translated as I cry out to you violence so this is what he's actually crying out as as is, yeah the, and you know behind that is look at all the violence or he's pointing it out to you see alright now so I don't think it's kind of an a- adverb how he's crying out I cry out to you violently is there any that's what people yell um no I don't think so specifically um but, again, notice the drama. I mean, as a reader, when you read that in English, you get a sense of Habakkuk's distress and also his boldness by that. And let's get to verse 3, and you can see how he kind of piles on um, this kind of expression. Okay? So notice, Thomas is a particular kind of thing as well, violence. In other words, what it implies is what? That people are treating each other violently. but there's a kind of a lawlessness or brutality so notice that word um, we're not sure what's lying behind it what exactly is he describing what's the situation some scholars have suggested that and I think probably commonly that what he's talking about is the injustice that's going on in Israelite society others have suggested that no he's talking about oppression by other nations that's happening I tend to think that it's the former that he's describing what has happened to Israelite society um, uh, the lawlessness the, the, the you know you have seen this in other prophets the accusation that Israelite is mistreating fellow Israelite that he tries to capture with that word chamas All right? so save here would be you know you don't intervene you don't do anything basically you're not doing anything to help the situation alright uh, verse 3 lama Tarani aven the amal tabit alright now notice how the tone strengthens a little why do you make me see this is a hip feel from ra'ah why do you make me see aven iniquity or guilt why do you see so notice he's moving from chamas to aven why do you make me look at aven guilt or iniquity and amal Again, something like trouble. Uh, tabit. This is from the root Navat, a hifil imperfect. Navat, it only occurs in the hiphil. See, so why do you make me look at Avin? And, again, you have to understand why. And why do you look at or have regard for Amol trouble? See, now notice how the early church fathers are interpreting that line. All right. Why are you making me look at Avon? And Amo, why are you looking at it? See? So it's as if, you know, the look in the, the second instance, look in the sense of putting up with. You know, you're kind of looking at it and not doing anything. Is how these uh, verses are interpreted. So see, if interpreted that way, Habakkuk is speaking with great boldness and rashness. That's what they um, suggest that Habakkuk is doing. So it's a very kind of electric speech here right at the beginning of the book alright and sets up a certain personality of Habakkuk without saying anything you know as readers we begin to infer well what kind of guy is this Uh, what's his mood see we see we see anger we see disappointment we see confusion see all see at this situation so great injustice in society iniquity and Yahweh's not doing anything so notice how he piles it on in the second line of verse three. The showed the Hamas the Negdi. See, so reading again, why do you show me Aven and Amel? You regard and showed. Okay, again, havoc and Hamas again violence or destruction before me. So notice how he piles these words up. And so within three verses you get um, Hamas, Aven, Amel, showed Hamas again. And now notice how he finishes it. Vayahi rev. and there is reeve, contention or strife. And madon, again, same kind of thing, strife or contention, yissa, rises. Alright, uh, just kind of as you're backing off, look at all the, the verb forms that he's using here. A kind of very typical of prophetic speech, you have this switching back and forth, especially... Notice I've translated most of them with present tense because I am interpreting the situation as he is describing characteristics. So it's as if he's describing what is habitually, characteristically the case. So he's kind of like he's painting a picture, all right. And notice in English we normally use present tenses to do that, to describe a situation. And um, but in Hebrew you'll see. Uh, them use perfects and imperfects like that.
1: Okay. Notice how it finishes
0: up, and um, well, you'll see later on th- this kind of thing continues. Okay. First of all, any questions through verse three? All right. Good. Verse four. Al kain tafu Torah velo yetselanetzach mishpat ki rachamaktir et ha al kain yetsimishpat meukal. Therefore, Torah Tapu That's from a rare root, um, Pug, (laughs) which means to grow numb or to grow cold. So, therefore Torah grows cold or numb. And does not come out La Netzach ever. Okay, So notice, in Hebrew it's and does not come out ever. In English we would say, and Mishpat never comes out. Mishpat here in the sense would be, notice the English gloss, Justice would really be in place here and mishpat justice never comes out see so notice the result the therefore the result of what maybe God's inaction see therefore Torah instruction teaching Torah remember is the light and the life it's growing cold tapu, growing numb see it's becoming ineffective and mishpat justice what God wants for his kingdom is not coming out ever all right. now notice how he describes the situation more ki rasha maktiret hatzadik for rasha for the wicked one maktir this is a hipfield participle from qatar not a very common word but it means to surround or go around for the wicked surrounds the tzadik the just one or the righteous one therefore mishpat me'ukal uh, the meukal is a pu'al, participle from akal, to, which means to uh, pervert or to twist. So notice it modifies mishpat. Therefore, twisted or perverted mishpat is coming out. So notice, mishpat never comes out. Instead, you get meukal mishpat, perverted mishpat coming out. Um, so, uh, notice how verse 4 is a really nice kind of. As a reader, you get the sense, okay, this is the conclusion of the first part with the therefore. See, so he describes the situation through verse three and then verse four. Therefore, Torah grows numb, and mishpat never comes out. Um, and key could even give it this this kind of assertive, uh, assertive nuance. Certainly, the wicked surrounds the righteous. See. Therefore, crooked judgment comes out. So the righteous, the Zadik, never has a chance. Alright? Good. Any questions through verse 4? I notice that in your um, Hebrew Bibles, there's a space there. Very nice that the editors have done for you. And also, um, you'll see with the first word, that there's the speaker is addressing plural. This is what's interesting. It causes and it causes commentaries a lot of trouble. Alright? What's happening now is that the switch in speakers from Habakkuk to God. So God starts speaking as you'll see here in just a few minutes. And so what you're going to get, especially in the first chapter, is this this conversation. It's not really a conversation, but a dialogue between Habakkuk and God. Right. But, let's look at verse 3 and then I'll show you what the issue is. Ra'u bagoyim v'habitu v'hitamhu tamahu ki po'al poel b'meykem lo ta'aminu Okay, imperative from Ra'a, look among the nations Habitu. See, look among the nations and look carefully or something like that and have regard same word that uh, was used up in verse 3. Right? So look among the nations and look carefully or something like that. Now, the hitamhu Tamahu. Look at that. It's kind of an interesting construction. The root of both of those words is Tamah. Tavmemhe. And it means to be astonished. The first one, can anyone guess what the conjugation the is? it's a hit pa'el right? hit pa'el with the ta, the hit has been assimilated into the next t so it's like hit tamu and so you, you know in hebrew hit tamu hit tamu it, it assimilates so you get that weird form that is a hit pa'el from tama the second one is a call imperative from the same root so they're both imperatives a hit pa'el imperative and a call imperative from to be astonished so, it's something like, you know, be astonished, be astonished. All right? Now, I don't know what the nuance of the different conjugations is. You know, If you're an ancient Hebrew speaker, you might get it. But even in English, be astonished, be amazed, or something like that. So, a lot of translations will translate it like this. Be totally astonished, or be thoroughly amazed. All right. Um, so that they would translate, so that they would see it kind of as a Hendiades. And as one idea, and the first imperative strengthening the second, but I kind of like the to be, astonished, be amazed or something like that. So well, you yeah, know, the way that people translated in the Bible is more like, like the absolute. Place. Right, right. And uh, so you're right. So they're looking at it as one idea. I mean, notice what you get in Hebrew. See, um, hitam hutamahu, So you kind of get that. Sound play, All right. and there's a few other places where the prophets play. Remember, prophets do these powerful things with language. Um, he does the same thing in the next line. Key poal A work is poalel. A work is working. Notice that that's a participle. A work is working in your days. Lo taaminu. Not will you believe it. Now, notice that this last key. Yesu par is normally translated as kind of either conditional or temporal. You will not believe it um, or something like you would not believe it if it were spoken, if it were reported, see? Or you will not believe it when it is reported. So, I, But I think you could also do you will not believe that it could be reported. I think that's another way to take that key clause as an object of you will not believe because believe is begging for an object, right? So you either have to understand the object as previous, you will not believe it, and then the key clause as some kind of a subordinate clause, temporal or conditional, or take the key clause as an object. You will not believe that it could be said or it will be said. Something like that, all right? But notice that God has switched from talking direct, I mean, no, switched. He's not using singulars here, so it's as if he's not talking to Habakkuk directly. And that's caused commentaries to suggest this is a composite text or to try to figure out what's happening. But I think you can handle it. This is my own solution. <laughs> you, get it, you hear it first here. Um, handle it pragmatically. Alright. If, and, and do it, suppose it's like this. Um, Let's say you're teaching a class and say you're teaching like second grade and this kid in the front is really irritating. He's acting in a strange way, and, or he's just acting in an annoying way. Um, are we going to have a test teacher? Are we going to have a test? Are we going to have a test? And rather than the teacher... So, it's, let's say the teacher, instead of looking at the kid directly and saying the answer, he says, um, Okay, I want to make an announcement. Um, there will be a test for everybody tomorrow. Uh, you know, covering all the chapters. I right, notice that what, what is the teacher doing in that situation? Without saying anything to the, to the kid, he's putting him down and exerting his kind of authority over him. See, so by ignoring him and speaking to other people, you have this kind of, it's time to shut up, kid, leave me alone kind of move. And we have all kind of done that, see? So rather than confronting him directly, it's as if the teacher is going to make the power move to talk to the whole class and ignore that one person. So if you look at it pragmatically, see, it's almost like that um, here. You have Habakkuk talking very boldly. God, instead of speaking directly to him, kind of speaks to all the people. It's as if to say, just be quiet Habakkuk, here's what's coming. And notice that what's coming is much more than what Habakkuk had in mind. Um, And I guess we're going to have to take that up. Uh, I I, I want to stop here because we'll take that up when we get to verse 6 after the break. Uh, Habakkuk didn't want that much. (laughs) So it's as if he makes his power move and says, Okay, Habakkuk, you want it, you're getting it. All right? All right, good. Thanks for coming. We'll see you after break. Blessings on your travels. Have a great time.